Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. I, uh... I found my way to Muskoka over the weekend. We were around Gravenhurst, and um, you lost. Uh, no, I actually <laughs> planned on going there. Got oh, okay. in the car and and uh, and arrived. And um, we uh, we were roaming around, and we ended up uh, in Gravenhurst one night uh, for dinner. And it was Friday night, and um, and I, this restaurant I've been to before, uh, and they had this magazine. They just they hand them out, and it's this beautiful. You know, like how the LCBO has their food and right yeah and it's like this you know a god like a prized possession for some oh yeah and god knows what it costs to print and all of that and they give them away for free well the same thing up in uh and the only place i saw it was in this restaurant well I, sorry quick piece the lcbo doesn't care what it costs to produce it's so our that's money right. that's right well that's right um and i give a lot of my money to them uh-huh so i uh in this restaurant, they have this magazine. The last time we were up there, same thing. I've never seen it anywhere else. And I take one and I look at it. I brought it home with me because it's beautiful. But one of the things it, it, it does, basically, it's a, it's a, it's a bragging right for anybody that owns a beautiful cottage. But what you notice when you flip through this thing is that it's endless. The amount of beautiful cottages. Right. Like, there's your lot of, you know, they don't show these, but you see them when you're driving in cottage country anywhere. There's there's little places. There's modest places. But this magazine is just devoted to, to the, the best of the best. And you think, okay, maybe in Muskoka, what would you have? Maybe uh, 20, 25 amazing cottages. Oh, top of, Go way late. beyond. Yeah. Way beyond. And, like, everything. Like, there's some of them, you know, they got, like, massive decks outside with four boats attached and all the gear and all the toys and more boats under the cottage. It's not even a cottage. It's a mansion. And I just think to myself, it's it's unbelievable, the wealth. Mm. The amount of people who have that much money. Uh-huh. Because that, I mean, maybe it is their home. It might be their year-round home. It Likely probably, not. But probably not. They've probably got a, a place in the city or something else. Like, that's why the Muskoka Airport, I was reading somewhere, in the height of summer, is like one of the busiest airports in Canada. Oh, yeah. Because all those quick jumps up from uh, Billy Bishop. To They're adding flights. Yeah. In order to get people up there. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's crazy. Then I went back to sleeping in my car. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't afford. <laughs> couldn't afford to stay anywhere, so I just slept in my car. But, yeah, it's it's just, uh, it's stupid. and uh, And I'm sure it's just not Muskoka. I mean, Muskoka's known for it, but... Uh. Well, and, you know, the, the toys that come along with them, yeah. right? And, and Or that you add on top of that. Like you mentioned that dock with four boats yeah. on it, right? Like each of those boats might get driven, like, six, ten times a year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the season isn't that long. It is crazy. And, you know, I mean, yes, whenever you're at somebody's cottage... And you're sitting on the dock. Of course, you have beer in your hand. You're, it's 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 a lovely view. I find people get a little too overwhelmed with it. Like that's a lot of money to spend to sit and stare at a lake. <laughs> it seems like there's a lot of things you can go and do and see. It's a big world. Right. You spend all this money to stare at the same dark water. Yeah, but there's a there's a pace that. You know, when you have a, a busy lifestyle, mm. that when you can go and unwind and zen and relax, well, it's not even really a zen thing. It sometimes it's just slowing down the pace, right? Right? You know, people you pay a, people pay a lot of money 
to go do that on vacation, to sit on a beach and right. read. Mm-hmm. Right. Whereas, you know, if you turn that around, so that's what people like to do on the dock, too. I guess Time so. seems to slow down. I'll, I'll admit, like, with our cottage, you go up there, I can be up there for 24 hours, mm. and it feels like a weekend. I can be up there for 36 hours, it feels like a week. Like, time, the pace does slow down. I don't know. That, that seems like a nightmare to me. <laughs> <laughs> the never-ending day on the dock. Uh, we uh, just got a uh, text from Thomas. Uh, he says, sad news, Craig. We are just talking about the amount of cottages and wealth up in Muskoka and cottage country in general. And he says, I grew up in the Corthas. A bunch of my buddies grew up on Stony Lake. Just Stony has 20 mansions on the water. A couple of them have helipads. Right. Four boats at each dock. Yeah, and, and, I'm, and I'm sure it's true, Thomas. Uh, and I'm always dumbfounded. When I see it. Now, look, it could be generational wealth, too, right? I mean, the, the land that the cottage is on could have been owned by somebody's great-great-grandfather, and your family just over the years has built it up. I don't think they're all just recently built in the last decade. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, now, there's a lot of them out there. Well, the helipads have likely been added. Why, you imagine that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who do you even call to build a helipad? <laughs> I don't think you're asking for a deal. <laughs> like, are you calling around? Yeah. yeah. Listen, I need a helipad. The last guy quoted me 200 grand. Yeah. Are you going to come in? I'd like to save 20 on that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, next time you're looking into that, you say, listen, I can give you a mention on the rock. Because, you, right. you know, we got a lot of our listeners are looking for helipad production. John Cena has set a record with the Make-A-Wish Foundation for fulfilling 650 wishes. He's now even recognized by the Guinness Book of World Records. He actually could have had this title a long time ago because no one else has even fulfilled more than 200 wishes. He's done 650. Wow. Needy. He's just (laughs) needy. Wants all that attention. Uh, Back when he hit the 500-wish mark, he said, I just drop everything. If I can offer a fantastic experience, I'll be the first in line to do my part. Uh, And I've seen uh, some some footage of the Make-A-Wish grants that he does, and they're extremely genuine. Like he takes time, yeah. Uh, with yeah, that's all it is—is is, you know, just taking a little bit of time and and a little bit of effort. Uh, and he he gives a lot of effort. He flies across oceans and across the country to to grant these wishes. Seems like a really solid dude. Reminds me every time I hear of Make a Wish, a uh, um, Silverman Sarah Silverman Sarah Silverman joke she makes. It's a one-liner. Uh, it's so mean. I don't think I can even say it. Right. But if you Google it, Sarah Silverman, make a wish joke. Gotcha. Uh, I think I know where you're going on that one. Yeah. But it's dark. It's very dark. Um, Disney Plus may not be finished with Darth Vader, but James Earl Jones is. Jones has been the voice of Vader since the original movie back in 77. He's 91 years old now, and he's uh, officially retired. He did, however, give Lucasfilm and Disney the right to digitally recreate his voice going forward so the character can live on. Okay, give another voice guy a break. Nope. <laughs> no one can take over that No, role. that's his forever. It's kind of like I know a, a couple of guys with low, deep voices that might try to enjoy that role. Harrison Ford's doing the same thing with Indiana Jones, uh, where he's taking it to his grave. He's, he's yeah, got no a one deal. else will play him. Nobody else can play him. Uh, Rihanna will headline the 57th Super Bowl halftime show in February on the 12th in Arizona. She confirmed the news with a photo on Instagram of her hand holding a football, and I guess that uh, that blew up. There was some rumors of Taylor Swift being the headliner, but she apparently asked, uh, was asked and turned it down because she wants to finish re-recording her first six albums, and she's only 
done two of them. All right. Rihanna had turned this down a couple of times as well. She had a little beef with the NFL. That's right. Those are Colin Kaepernick stuff. So well, screw Colin Kaepernick now. Yeah. She's got some product to move. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what if she takes a knee in the uh, performance? Oh. Mm. Interesting. Let's start some rumors yes. there. Yes. Well, that'll be good. Bring the, bring the Barbados to the stage in Arizona. Very talented, yes. Um, do you remember in the film Caddyshack, Rodney Dangerfield had a yacht? Uh-huh. Uh, uh, seafood? Uh, yep, and it's now up for sale. It was built in 1979. The movie came out in 1980, so the, the yacht was uh, brand new when they made the movie. Um, but it's up for sale. And still, even though it was made in 1979, 1979 Striker, a 60-footer, they're still asking three hundred and fifty thousand dollars for it. Oh, I don't know what it would have been uh, brand new back then, but uh, I guess boats, much like planes, hold their value because it's uh, determined by the hours on the engine, right? As right. To, uh, well, and hull construction, all sorts yeah. of other things. I mean, not all of them do. If yours looks like you know the orca from Jaws, <laughs> <laughs> likely not still having its value. Going to need a bigger boat. <laughs> The boat has had some work done to it, and it even comes with the cardboard cutout of Rodney. So there you go. Oh, that, really? That's worth the three hundred and fifty grand on its own. Other some other Caddyshack memorabilia. Caddyshack for me is one of those memories, uh, movie memories that I'll always hold dear. That movie is a has a very special place in my heart because I remember I had a buddy who lived in Cleveland, and we became friends. We worked together at a lodge up in uh, Halliburton, and his family used to vacation up in Ontario all the time. And uh, they were big into boating and all of this stuff, skiing and uh, water skiing and such. And so we became uh, good friends this one summer. I ended up going down and spending some time uh, with his family. And this was back when HBO was only available in the U.S. Gotcha. Couldn't get it in Canada yet. Unless they, you had a really big satellite. Yeah. And they showed Caddyshack. And it was, the, and it, was it seemed like it was on a loop on H, in HBO back then. <laughs> and it was like the first time I saw real boobs. Oh. Oh, my gosh. That blonde. Uh, <laughs> oh, to this day. I hold her. I think it's the only role she ever had. But she was messing around with, uh, with the caddy or whatever. Right, and they yeah. got caught. Yeah. And you were caught with your gopher. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, here's a question. Somebody asked, actually, lots of people have asked, because uh, the company they're asking even has a stock answer ready to go. People have been asking for some time, if you're wearing Crocs in a survival situation, could you take them off your smelly feet and eat them? <laughs> really? It's been a real question online since about 2006. And plenty of people claim it's true, so a writer from Vice looked into it. Yeah. What, but they're foam. Well, no, basic. The basic claim is they're made of non-toxic material, so that if you had to, you could eat them and stay alive. The material is called Crosslight, and it's 98% feedstock, a plant-based substance made out of things like straw. So it almost sounds like... Uh, all right, why not? Food, right. Get some hot sauce, you can eat anything. Yeah. <laughs> Grate some cheese on it. Uh -huh. um, Listen, I, I don't know if you want it with the toe jam that's in there already. <laughs> the uh, writer talked to a dietitian who clarified that just because something's non-toxic doesn't mean it's edible. Gotcha. Uh, the dietitian said, we probably don't have the right enzymes to break it down, so it could lead to serious digestive issues like diarrhea and constipation, even a bowel blockage. Yeah. yeah, it's not good. 
And if it did break down, there's almost no nutritional value in feedstock. So there's a better chance of it killing you than keeping you alive. Gotcha. So I, I don't know like, how desperate has someone gotten <laughs> to even <laughs> contemplate right? when I eat my crock. Well, look, you watch the movie Alive. The soccer players <laughs> ate the soccer players. <laughs> it wasn't crocs that they were eating. <laughs> Could you imagine? Uh, I'd rather just die. I'll, I'll just die. Right. I mean, you can eat me. But I'm not dining on his arse. Uh, by the way, of course, a handful of people have actually tried it because we're morons. Oh. And as far as the uh, vice uh, writer has figured out, as far as he knows, no one's ever died. Still doesn't make it safe. Only the ones that washed it down with a Tide Pod. Yeah, right. Well, yeah, almost a kid in St. Louis took a steak-sized bite of a crock back in 2016 and wrote a story about it for his school paper. He boiled a crock to soften it up, <laughs> cut a piece off, dipped it in sriracha, and said it didn't actually taste bad, but it was so tough to chew through, he had to swallow the whole piece. Oh, that's not good. He could feel it lingering in his throat for hours. Oh. God, people. <sighs> so we failed the project. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even if it was like a well-written paper, yeah. you're still an idiot. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh, the vice writer asked uh, the Croc company for their take, and it turns out they uh, they get the question asked so much they they're ready to go with an answer. They said we have a very straightforward stance on this topic, regardless of the material makeup. For no reason do we recommend eating Croc shoes. They're for wearing purposes only. Gotcha. So, if you find yourself, and I share that with you because I know you are a fan of the Croc. <laughs> no. <laughs> I see. I've gone to a store with you when you bought them on sale. I, I bought one pair. That's right. And they weren't like the traditional. No. Like those were the ones with like the canvas top. Right. Can't imagine that'd be good to eat. A lot of fiber, perhaps. I haven't seen you wear them in a while. Did you eat them? No, they stink. <laughs> Fully officially into fall now. You can yeah. feel it. Uh-huh. Although, looking uh, towards even this coming weekend, get through some cloud and rain here over the next few days and then it turns around quite nice starting from thursday at 14 and friday at 15 saturday at 18 and sunday 20 now that can change at any time but uh it's a nice way to start the week I'm looking towards the weekend uh, once again now we're way into october oh my goodness yeah here we are when do we put up the christmas lights <laughs> you probably again golfing at least though i did Oh, my weekend was beautiful. I was uh, hobnobbing with uh, the well-to-dos up uh, Muskoka Way. Oh, right. <laughs> they let you in. They, well, yes, they did. I had to rent a, uh, a Lamborghini. Just <laughs> <laughs> to fit in. Left <laughs> <laughs> Marie at home, put the clubs in the passenger seat. Uh, uh-huh, that's right. Um, yeah, we were up at a place called Taboo, and it's a resort and a golf course and a spa and the whole thing. And last uh, last October for our anniversary... Looking for something to do, and we, uh, or I found, uh, I found Taboo online, and so there was no golf at that point. It was like late October, and they usually shut it down by Thanksgiving. But uh, we just went up and spent the weekend at this beautiful restaurant, the boathouse, and the rooms are spectacular, overlooking uh, Muskoka Lake, beautiful, looking at islands with cottages on them that I'll never get to. Right. You know, some of them are so stunningly beautiful. Anytime you're up north and you see these cottages on islands, and you're literally, you know, sometimes. 
If you're in a boat, you could swim to them, but they're really a world away. You're never getting to it. Right. As soon as you touch shore, out come the military. Security's (laughs) going to take you down. Anyhow, yeah, we played some golf at Taboo, and it's beautiful. It's all on the Canadian Shield, and so, you know, it's it can be uh, it can tear you up a little bit. The ball can go bouncing occasionally. Yes. When you hit that rock. But they had something that I just thought was spectacular. So between the ninth and tenth hole is your, your carting across, and, and, and the cart kind of, I think it's made by Rolls-Royce. Um, <laughs> I think it massaged me at one point. Um, they had this whole excellent barbecue area set up with taps going, and lucky they were serving tacos and tequila. Come on. That helped my game. <laughs> oh, the bathroom facilities on the back nine. I found every tree. <laughs> yeah, no. So it was a uh, it was a uh, terrific weekend, and certainly if you uh, even if you're not a golfer, you know, like I said, we went up last year for our anniversary. Very romantic getaway. So yeah, it was excellent. Consider it. What nice. did you get up to this weekend? Uh, a lot of hockey. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, yesterday smoked a brisket. I woke up at 5.30 in the morning to start this thing. On a Sunday. On a Sunday. And it was still going. I had to leave for hockey last night, but 7.30, it was still going. It took 16 hours wow. yesterday. You proud of, are you proud of your work? Uh, I don't know. I didn't barely even get a chance to taste it. That's <laughs> how <laughs> I got home. Imagine you work on that for 16 hours. You go do something. You come home. The family's wiped it out. You get none. <laughs> You've had the neighbors in. Your parents are over. God, yeah. a little, little, some birds had left. <laughs> well, that's good. Well, you're becoming a you're becoming a brisket uh, pro. You could go work up at the joint. Right. Yes. I don't think so. Run their barbecues. Well, I mean, uh, to be honest, and, and we've heard Ted say this before, like you start it and you basically just mm-hmm. leave it there, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, the whole stress of the thing is just, is it going to finish? And when the hell is it going to finish? Because right. it hits these stalls. Like, there was a point where it went, like, two hours, and it went up maybe five, ten degrees. Oh, I'd start panicking right. and throwing in. That's it, right? You start checking your thermometers. Are these things working? And right. You know, okay, the, the thinner parts of it look like they're basically well done, and then... Mm. The, uh, the the real heart meat part of it, uh, the heavy part of it, is just not getting up to temperature. It just has to be patient. You just got to be patient. It's really low, right? Yeah. I'd screw it up. I know I would because I'd start throwing in a ton of pellets, just shoveling them in. Get up to like 900 degrees. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I don't know. The brisket was done in 30 minutes. This <laughs> is 16 hours. <laughs> On the line, the godfather of the grill, Mr. Reader, Ted Reader. How are you, sir? Good, Greggy. Good. Lucky. How's it going? Uh, not too bad. A little chilly. Really, fall really did hit with a sledgehammer. I think over this weekend, like literally out of the uh, what was it? The twenty second was the uh, final day of uh, summer, first day of fall. Yeah, and it, like uh, a switch went off, and now we uh, we make our way into uh, fall grilling and for Holinda's meats, Teddy. This time of year is something that's uh, very annoying to Lucky and I, and it's the pumpkin and the pumpkin spice. Everybody's pumpkin crazy with the spice. Do you do any cooking? With pumpkin spice. Yes, when I make pumpkin pie. All right, oh. that's it. That's about it. And you like a pumpkin? Do you like? See, I don't like any pumpkin, anything. I don't like pumpkin pie. Lucky hates all all soups. gourds. All gourds. <laughs> he hates all gourds, yeah. so he doesn't like the zucchini. Uh, I don't need zucchini in my life. No, I got cucumber for that. That's fine. <laughs> okay. Lucky okay. doesn't need a lot that's green to begin with. So. <laughs> that's true. It's mooing <laughs> or, or spicy. <laughs> if it's not mooing on his plate or a cuckadoodle doing, he's not eating it. <laughs> but that big, big old pumpkin that we use at Halloween, 
Uh, I guess there's a variety of things you can do with it, right? There are a lot of variety of things. Carving is probably the number one thing. Um, you can roast the meat. Uh, you can roast the seeds and salt the seeds, mm -hmm. but you can uh, you can roast the uh, roast the meat and eat it. Uh, turn it into a mash. You can mm. uh, turn it into a sauce if you want a pumpkin sauce. Use it as a base for a for a barbecue sauce. It's kind of fun. All right. There's lots of things you can do with it. It's just not the best pumpkin for that. Mm. And you can get some uh, sweeter pumpkins like uh, the Hakitos pumpkin is a really delicious pumpkin. A little smaller. Uh, and and a little more sweetness to it, and a little more flavor. Hmm. Well, look at Mother Nature is probably going. Look, I'm giving you this nourishment, and you're using it to carve animals and crazy faces, stick candles in it, and put candles in it. Ted, well, like, what is pumpkin spice? Like, is it literally made from the pumpkin, or is it you know, it's kind of synthetically? Is there a taste of pumpkin that it's trying to mimic? No, pumpkin spice is a is a blend of spices, and uh, one of the predominant spices in there would be uh, cinnamon. Right. And then there's a, uh, some clove, I believe, and some nutmeg in there. And so you get this blend of flavors of spices that go together. So when you're making your pumpkin pie, uh, you can season it that way. Or if you're going to make a pumpkin uh, loaf like a banana bread, you can make a pumpkin bread and, and use that seasoning in it. it it's... <clears throat> I don't know. I'm not a big fan of the the pumpkin spice. It's a little overwhelming. I think people use too much of it mm. when it could be used a little uh, more subtly. But you know, you could you could take that same pumpkin spice mix. You could add a little bit of black pepper to it, and you could rub it on a pork tenderloin. Okay, and throw that into your into your Traeger there, Lucky, and uh, and smoke that pork tenderloin up to a nice internal temperature of about 135 to 140 degrees. Let it rest and then slice it on the bias. You'll have a nice, beautiful pink center, and it'll be moist and tender, and it'll taste like a pumpkin spice latte. And it's really become, you know, the signature fall flavor for so many now. Everyone turns to it come September and into October. Do you find, as a chef, Ted, that you, you tend to go seasons, uh, season by season with your, your flavors or, or your ideas, recipes? You're starting to switch towards fall now? Uh, a little bit, a little heavier things, things that are a little warmer, putting soups on the menu. You know, a little bit of uh, pumpkin spice works well in a, in a roasted squash soup. Uh, just as a touch of, you know, you don't need a lot of it, just a little bit in there. But I, I do follow the seasons, um, fruits and vegetables especially that are in uh, that uh, when they flow through the season. Like in June, you have asparagus. In August, September, we have corn. Mm -hmm. And now we're moving into things like apples and squash and gourds and things like that. So uh, Brussels sprouts are going to come back. That's a big thrill for oh, everybody. Yes. Yeah, so, got to tell you, time. can't wait. <laughs> That's what you <laughs> yeah. Spice Brussels sprouts. That'll That's be right. probably the, the killer of any restaurant. You'll see those flying around El Dorado Golf Course. <laughs> yes, yes. We're having the uh, the Brussels sprout tournament coming up at some point. And uh, whack your favorite Brussels sprout into the woods. You know, I um, I was always with you on the Brussels sprouts. But then the lovely Maria, she came up with this thing where she cuts them in half. She gets all the leafy stuff off. And then she'll she'll fry them in, in some, uh, some oil till they get nice and caramelized. And then flip them over and like you know salt and pepper them and then right at the end mix them up with some uh, parmesan and again they're not great but they i can choke a few of them back. yes yeah once you coat anything in parmesan and salt and pepper right. you can usually choke it back 
Well, that sounds uh, absolutely horrible. <laughs> well, I don't know. The idea of taking all the guts out of a pumpkin and turning it into a mask makes me want to heave. I would rather wear that pumpkin. <laughs> oh, that would be a great look for you, Teddy. We should do yeah. that. I saw yeah, this. one last thing on pumpkins, you know, every year when you're carving them for Halloween. I saw a, a really neat trick, and I kind of want to try it. Some woman took this pumpkin, and she put, like, uh, like candies, like Hershey Kisses and stuff all inside of it. And then uh, she just left it outside and let, like, the squirrels and the wildlife get at it. They oh. were gnawing the hell out of it, and it was the most evil-looking pumpkin <laughs> you'd ever seen. Because instead of just doing the triangle eyes or whatever. No. I usually just go to the butcher, get a bunch of chicken feet, and leave that in a bucket out front. <laughs> and surprising no children come around. Right. <laughs> it's amazing how they don't come around. That's right. All right, Teddy, if people want to talk fall grilling or pumpkins or spice, pumpkin spice, how do they get a hold of you, Polly? You're going to find me at Ted, Grill, at Ted Grills in the social media world. Rock Mornings with, with Craig Venn and Lucky. Lucky. 94.9 The Rock.